In today's episode, I have the pleasure of talking to Bryn Bamber. She is a mental health professional and she is incredible. She shares her experience with burnout and high anxiety. She shares techniques that you can use in your everyday life to help with your anxiety. And she also shares some pretty amazing quotes that I've gone back, I've written down and saved for later. It was such an honor having Bryn on the podcast, and I'm just really excited for you guys to listen to what she has to say and learn from her. I open up about my experiences with anxiety, and we both relate to each other, which is really cool, and it makes me hopeful and excited that you guys will relate to what we have to say as well. And if you want to continue this conversation around mental health and you want to be a part of this conversation around mental health, then I encourage you to share this on your social media, share it with a friend or family member. You have no idea who could be suffering in silence. And so the more we talk about mental health, the more we reach out to others, the more we can help others who are struggling. Anyways, without further ado, I'm excited to introduce you to Bryn. Do you want to tell everyone about yourself and what got you into mental health as a profession? Yeah, so my name is Bryn Bamber. I'm a mental health professional trained in something called core energetics that brings together the body, the mind, and the spirit. And I got into it basically through my own mental health struggles. I had pretty high anxiety, and at the time, I wouldn't have even said that I had high anxiety. It was one of those situations where I was like, everyone's stressed. I'm just stressed. This is normal. Mm -hmm. And through my healing journey, I've realized that my stress levels were not (laughs) normal, um, that they were quite high. But yeah, I burnt out for the first time when I was 21 years old. It was, I had my first full-time job. It was my dream job at the time. And yeah. I lasted a year and then I burnt out. So that was my first clue that I had some <laughs> mental health things to work on. Yeah. Um, I ended up moving to a yoga retreat and study center in ashram for two yeah and living there for two years I was kind of at this place where I was like this is my dream job and I Mm -hmm. can't do it so I was like I can't just get another job I can't just apply for another job something inside (laughs) needs to change And part of me was like, am I in the wrong field? Am I in the wrong career? And so I decided to go to this ashram that a friend of mine had gone to and had a really positive experience at. And so I went, initially I went for a month and then I extended and then I extended again and I ended up being there for over two years. Wow. So that was the beginning of my healing journey and the beginning of acknowledging that I had mental health issues. Yeah. Um, and then I had thought I wanted, yeah. when I was at the ashram, I had found this uh, dance psychotherapy program mm-hmm. at a university in Colorado. And I was really excited about that. I've been a dancer yeah. for a long time and I have, I'm very interested in the mind and I was having issues with my own mind. And so I wanted to do that. And so when I moved to Toronto, I was, I I actually left the ashram. I got rehired at the same organization where I, Mm -hmm. that I burnt out from and moved to Toronto basically to save money to go back to school. And it was when I was here that I, became friends with someone who was studying core energetics. I started to try it out. It started to have a big impact on me yeah. personally. And I was like, okay, I'm going to switch gears. I thought I wanted to do this dance psychotherapy thing, but mm-hmm. this core energetics thing seems to work. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to trust that and go with that. So that's, that's my amazing. long winding journey. 
I love that. I love that um, you thought you wanted to go into like dance psychotherapy, which first of all is so cool. I've never heard of that. That is really cool. Um, but then what is it called again? And Core energetic. Core, core energetics. So core energetics. Yeah, I've never heard of that as well, but that sounds so up my alley that it combines like spirituality, um, your physical and mental. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. It sounds like it came into your life. It was like meant to be. Um, <laughs> that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, and I love the part of your story that really resonated with me is how you described that you didn't even know that you had like anxiety. And that's something that like rings so true to me because I remember as a kid, like looking back now, I'm able to identify like, yeah, I had really bad anxiety since like grade one. But at the time I just thought it was stress or I remember talking to my doctor and my mom would be like, she is so stressed all the time. This is normal. (laughs) And, um, my doctor's like, yeah, she's in high school. Like, um, you know, stress is normal, right? And definitely it is normal, but there's like that level of like either, you know, you could have healthy stress or there's like anxiety um, and it's really hard to identify it, right? And I think that goes for any mental health, um, ment- any mental illness or mental health challenge. It's hard to identify, I feel like, Um Yeah, I think we normalize our reality. And so if you were stressed from a young age, and I was also stressed from a young age, we were just like, this is the world. This is how the world feels. And you normalize it to cope. So it's actually a good thing to a degree. But Mm -hmm. then um, when it's totally normalized, you can't actually heal it because you don't think anything's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so curious um, because I know for me, when I went to get help for my mental health, it was more of like my own personal journey. Like it it was like me taking initiative because I was the one who knew what was going on inside and I knew something was wrong. So it wasn't like someone was out there helping me get the help. It was more of me doing it because um, I was the only one who knew that something was a little off. And I wonder what your experience was like um, with getting mental health help and healing from it. Yeah, I mean, I think I am stubborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I wasn't that good at asking for help or getting the help yeah. I needed until I basically burnt out and like yeah. had no choice. Yeah. So, you know, I totally look up to you who are like, I know something's wrong. I'm going to reach out. Yeah. For me, mine was more of one of those experiences yeah. of like pushing and pushing until yeah. I broke. And then I was yeah. like, well, I guess I better do something. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think that's so relatable because so many people like experience that like burnout is something like I'm reading a book on burnout right now and yeah like statistics show that so many people are just getting burnt out and so it's like people get to a point where they need to get help um and it's not like they're getting prevented taking the preventative measures to get help so a lot of people are in that situation where they're getting burnt out and they're like okay something needs to change um so it's very common and very relatable um what advice would you you know give to someone like how how are you able to get help like what was yeah like how were you able to get help and get over that barrier of like not wanting to ask for help like what made it easier for you to ask for help yeah so if anyone who's is listening and they think they might have burnout maybe I'll start with a couple signs of burnout just so people can um have a sense of whether you're on track for that or not. So burning out, one of the symptoms or signs of burnout is at the end of the day, you feel drained. So there's a difference Mm. between being tired. Like I worked hard, I had a busy day and now I feel Mm -hmm. tired and I want to relax and feeling drained. Drained Mm -hmm. is more like you feel like, all your emotional energy is sucked out. You feel like 
I just want, I know the days that I feel drained, I'm like, I just want Netflix and ice cream, you know, like, it's not like, huh, I want to have like a nice evening and read my book. I'm like, I want to numb this feeling a little bit. Yes. And um, yeah, so, so that's one thing. If you're noticing at the end of the day, you're like, you're like emotionally exhausted you're not just Mm -hmm. it's like when you're tired it's like yeah if I if you go for a run yeah and then yeah you want to like you're excited to go to bed that night Mm -hmm. versus like I just feel like I have nothing left yeah Um, another sign of burnout is a a bigger emotional reaction to something smaller. So an example of that could be um, you get in your car and your car doesn't start one morning and you burst into tears. So like there are right-sized emotional reactions, right? Like if someone close Mm -hmm. to you passes away and you burst into tears, that's like right-sized, but mm-hmm. if you get caught off in traffic and you burst into tears or you want to murder the person who cut you off, those mm-hmm. are reactions that are a bit not quite the right size. So yeah. if you're noticing that like little things that maybe at some point wouldn't really bother you are like mm-hmm. super bothering you, that's another sign of burnout. So mm-hmm. if you think this is you... My first pieces of advice is to like let yourself rest, mm-hmm. which for me, honestly, I I was not. I'm sure before I burnt out, people were like, "Take it easy," and I just mm-hmm. didn't listen. So mm-hmm. if you feel like I can't do that, or I'm not gonna do that. Like I hear you. I was you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way, but. I really recommend like if you feel like it's your job to set some boundaries around the times, the hours that you work, mm-hmm. like shut off at five or at six or whatever that time is for you to shut things down and to take space and to to take care of yourself. Because mm-hmm. for me, what I learned in that first burnout <laughs> was that like I I had to leave my job for two years yeah so if I had taken little breaks yeah it wouldn't I wouldn't have needed those two years and I don't regret anything in my journey I learned so Mm -hmm. much living there and it was an amazing it was the right thing for me so I'm yeah having no regrets but one thing that was helpful when I went back to that same job was I was able to have way healthier boundaries at work. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to take another two years off. Yeah. So I would be like, yeah, I'm not going to answer email on the weekend or I'm not going to do extra work on the weekend. So whatever that is for you that you like, here's the thing. You probably know what's healthy for you. Anyone listening who feels like you're burning out, it's like, you know that you need to like get your spouse to take care of the kids so you can have some breaks or you need to shut down your laptop at 6 p.m. You know what that thing is that's going to help you. And so I would just really implore you to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of what you're saying is just like, I'm just thinking, like reflecting on my life And I know for sure that there's moments when I'm like, I know I need to rest, but my instinct is to want to do more. And I, I am so aware of it. And I think that's what a lot of people are like too, where it's hard to rest. And it's so, it makes me so curious as to why people have such a hard time with prioritizing like their basic needs and resting. And um, I guess when I think about it, we live in a culture where we're rewarded for doing things, um, but we're not necessarily celebrated for resting, I guess. Um, And yeah, yeah. And yeah, what, like, can you give advice or touch on what you think is causing people to 
not want to rest? Like, why does it make it, why is it so hard to rest and like put down that phone? Like, I know so many of my family members that work full-time jobs, we will be like driving somewhere. It's like Friday, we're driving on a vacation somewhere, maybe to a cottage and they're like answering um, work emails and, or it's like the weekend, or if they're on vacation, they're answering work emails. And um, yeah, like I just, I know so many people are just so normal to just always be working and not prioritizing themselves. And so what do you think, like, yeah, what advice could you give or what do you think about that? Yeah. So I think we live in a culture where workaholism is celebrated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and I say that as someone who like is, has, is that does identify as a recovering workaholic. So like no shame to anyone who maybe feels like this is you. I, Mm -hmm. it's something I still struggle with. And yeah, it's, it's the one addiction that's kind of applauded and people brag about um, how little sleep they get, how many (laughs) hours they work. And so um, like resting and taking care of yourself is a radical act. It's Mm -hmm. like an (laughs) anti-capitalist. Yeah. Crazy thing to do. And the thing, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like one of the main lessons I'm supposed to learn in this lifetime is Mm -hmm. like to trust, like to trust that even if I don't work until 9 p.m., my business isn't going to fall apart. And Mm -hmm. even if I don't, yeah, do all the things and do all the things perfectly, I'm Mm -hmm. still going to be okay. And my life is still going to be okay. And it, and yeah, in the, in the Western world, we live in a culture that we get a bunch of messages that the opposite is true. And so it's easy to just follow the culture and Mm -hmm. fit in in Mm -hmm. that way. And so it is, it is hard. And maybe some people will think you're selfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To just, you know, it's hard to be okay with that. Like, I know it's hard for me to be okay with people thinking that I'm selfish, but yeah. When I think about like women in particular, I imagine Mm -hmm. a lot of your listeners are women. It's like Mm -hmm. the messages we get is that we're supposed to be this caregiver, give this emotional support. We're also supposed to like clean the house and organize the Christmas party. And (laughs) we're supposed to do it all for free. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to make sure everyone's okay. And even if you mm-hmm. aren't a mental health professional or a coach, you are like the mental health professional or emotional support for the other people in your family often. Yeah. So much unpaid labor that we're expected to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, maybe if you don't do all the unpaid labor you've been doing for years and years, people will be upset. But mm-hmm. One of my favorite, favorite quotes is the only people who will be upset by your boundaries are those who benefited from you having none. I love that. Oh my gosh. Can you say that again? I love that. (laughs) That is so good. Yeah. The only people who will be upset by your boundaries are those who benefited from you having none. Mm. So I'm working with on boundaries with a ton of my clients right now. And they're like coming back to me and they're like, my friend's mad at me. My mom's mad at me. Like they're all and I'm like, good, you're doing it Mm -hmm. right. If people Mm -hmm. are upset with you, especially those of us who are people pleasers and Mm -hmm. caretakers and, and want to take care of people. And just like as an aside, I feel like I'm totally a caretaker, but I want to be in charge of who I'm taking care of and when, you know, like I still get to be like come from my heart and take care of people that I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a big part of my purpose 
Mm-hmm. Too, but I actually want to have the energy to take care in the way that I want to, as opposed to mm-hmm. being drained by yeah. places that I don't, I don't feel as aligned to me to give mm-hmm. my, my care in that moment. Yeah. Um. So when you start to do this work and you start to do kind of radical self care and setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. People will not like it. Some people, yeah. some people will totally be cool. They'll be like, thank you so much for telling me. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I know that that upsets you or, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm so glad that I know that you need space right now and you're taking that space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who will not like it. Yeah. That means you're doing it right. Yeah. I love that. Um, First, I think it's just so important that like what you said about how um, you want to take care of people like on your own terms and you touched a bit about how something that I think is important, like if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't give other people quality care, right? And it makes me think of like my childhood, my my mom like didn't take care of herself at all and so she was just always giving, always like organizing everything just like and it just made it our relationship struggle because I was like, it doesn't even feel like it's coming from love. It just feels right. exhausting. Right. right. And like, even though she means well and it comes from love, it just gets so toxic if someone's not taking care of themselves and they're trying to care for you. It's just not possible. And that perspective and that understanding of it really helps me prioritize my self-care. And I know for me, like I notice if I don't take care of myself, I'm easily like my mental health just goes downhill and like my emotional, my emotions are just like so out of whack and like I'm overreacting and it's like, I don't want to feel this way and I don't want to have people around me feel disrupted by this. Um, Yeah, by this, I don't even know how to describe that, but I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think it's like sometimes we go through the motions of giving. Mm-hmm. Like we're like, I should buy this person a gift or I should mm-hmm. organize this birthday party. I should do whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're exhausted. And so mm-hmm. it can't really come from love because mm-hmm. we're like exhausted. But we're yeah. going through the motions and we're mm-hmm. organizing the birthday party or whatever the thing mm-hmm. is. But it doesn't feel good to the other person like I feel no. like you experience that sometimes with mm-hmm. your mom where it was like this doesn't feel good no. on paper I it should yeah you bake me this birthday cake or whatever the thing was but like you can feel the energy yeah. that it's not coming from a heartfelt place and so yeah. we need to take care of ourselves so when we're giving we are giving if that yeah. makes sense like we're giving from our hearts Mm -hmm. and another thing that a lot of us who are people pleasers and in that Mm -hmm. realm struggle Mm -hmm. with is like receiving yes (laughs) so true yes yeah and if you can't fully receive you can't fully open-heartedly give so yeah working on receiving is a super important thing and again one of the one of my life lessons and yeah. something that has not come easily to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and is so important so that like so that I can fill myself up or you can fill yeah. yourself up so you can like overflow to all the people mm-hmm. you want to overflow to. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because I think just in the past year, I've really tried working on receiving. And I think it's it's been easy for me to take care of myself. But if it comes to like receiving help or um, just like receiving anything really from others, it's been a lot harder, which is interesting. Um, and a lot of women that I work with talk about this too, how it's hard to receive, whether it be money, whether it be love whether it be just like just yeah oh my gosh a compliment's a big one so many people feel just like uncomfortable by receiving a compliment or they feel like they have to give something even better in return if they receive something yeah yeah there's like 
someone was in, I think it was in a coaching session I was watching mm-hmm. for this course I'm taking. Yeah. And the woman was saying like, you can be like Teflon. So like the compliments are coming, but you just like, they just like bounce off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and literally some of the work I do with my clients is literally being like, okay, let's do this. I'm going to give mm-hmm. you a compliment and I want to see what percent you can take in. If you mm-hmm. can't take in a hundred percent, that's fine. But just mm-hmm. see what percent you can take in. And then I'll say like, something like, Ashley, I really love your eyes. Mm-hmm. Super bright and beautiful. And you can just breathe and just see how much can you take that in. That is so beautiful. And I already see myself like feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hard. If you're like, I think it's hard to like sit in that without wanting to like give something back. And I think that's it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it is like as women, we are like taught to be givers and we're not yeah. really taught to be receivers. Yeah, which is so interesting because what I'm learning about like feminine energy is that femininity is all about receiving and it's supposed to come easy to us to receive like feminine energy is all about receiving and it's so really it's really interesting as my experience as being feminine it's like I've had the hardest time with receiving which is so interesting next time someone gives you a compliment say thank you don't compliment them back don't tell them that you got the purse on sale don't like deflect Mm. in whatever way you typically deflect Mm-hmm. And just breathe and see what percent you can take in. And even if you mm-hmm. can only take in 1%, that's good. That's a start. Mm-hmm. 1% is a start. And you can slowly build your receiving muscle. It's like any other muscle you want to grow, any yes. other habit you want to grow. Is that if you do that every time someone compliments you, try to just breathe and take in a, as much as you can of that. Mm-hmm. You'll slowly grow and then it expands your capacity to give too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that how you're explaining it as, you know, the more we receive, the more we're able to give, which is so beautiful. And it's like, it's like a cycle. And it's like, um, if you stop the cycle, like if you don't receive, um, then you can't give. And if you don't give a little, then you can't really receive. So it's all like it all is interconnected, right? Right. I love that, seeing it as that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't receive, you can give in a hustly way. Yeah. Yeah. But it won't feel good for the people you're trying to help. Yes. That's so true. I love that. Um, And one of my questions I had for you at the beginning, I wanted to ask a bit about, because we talked about how it's hard for people to recognize if they're struggling with their mental health, because it's really easy to normalize what we're feeling and either label it as stress or it's just normal to us. Um, how could you explain mental health to someone who's just learning about it? Because I know when I first start learning about mental health, I didn't fully understand it. And it took me a while, I think, to really understand that about mental health and that people could actually struggle with mental illness and all these things like it was hard for me to understand at first until I had my own experiences with it so how would you explain mental health to someone yeah so one basic concept that I would explain that you've probably heard of before is the Mm -hmm. fight or flight you go into fight flight or freeze and so when we have mental when we have healthy mental health We go Mm -hmm. into fight or flight when there is an acute threat, when there is a tiger, when there is a person with a knife, when there is some danger that we need to run away from or Mm -hmm. fight, that's when your nervous system can go, should go into fight or flight. We want that. It's Mm -hmm. good. The blood goes to your arms. It goes to your legs. It goes to your jaw so you can fight Mm -hmm. and, and Fight for your life. Mm -hmm. If you get an email that says something, you know, uh, your boss is upset with you or if your friend is upset with you and you go into fight or flight, that's not 
healthy. And again, I don't want to shame anyone who does that. Oh, yeah. I still do that even yeah. like I'm 10 years into this journey and I still mm-hmm. sometimes get emails and I'm like, totally think there's a tiger yeah, <laughs> in yeah. the room with me. My nervous system goes into that activated mm-hmm. place. But if you're five minutes late for a meeting, if you get an email that someone's a little bit upset with you, those it doesn't make sense for your nervous system to go there. If it's Mm -hmm. going there, it's probably some pattern or habit. And your job is to come back into the present moment, literally look around the room, check for a tiger. Am I physically safe in this moment? Um, One of the very common techniques for that is called the 54321 method, where it's five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. So just using your five senses to bring you back into the here and now. And when I have my clients do this, I'm like, check if it's safe. Look around. There's a lamp. There's a window. There's a guitar. Is it safe? Then touch. Like, I'm not going to touch the microphone because that would not be fun for you, but I'll touch my computer, I'll touch my hair, I'll touch my sweater, I'll touch my ring. Do they all feel safe? Mm-hmm. And then the three things you can hear and just check, and that will slowly bring your nervous system back to the present moment. But that's one wow. good indicator is if you're in fight or flight only when there's literally a bear. Mm-hmm. in front of mm-hmm. you or are you in it what percent are you in it I honestly mm-hmm. when I started this work I think I was in it like 90% of the time I would wow. be really easily triggered there and would yeah. stay there mm-hmm. and now you know I still go there I'm still there maybe 20% mm-hmm. 30% of the time mm-hmm. <laughs> when there is no bear <laughs> yeah yeah um but You want to be, you know, to live a full life and to live out your purpose, you want to have access to your energy and your your creativity. When you're in fight or flight, you're super tunnel vision. You're like Mm -hmm. looking for what's safe and what's not safe. So you're very binary. Like you're very much like, like... It's funny, it'll come up in business and people will be like, mm. should I have a personal Instagram or should I have a business Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be like, ah, this is such an important decision and I don't know what yeah. to do. And if you're in fight or flight, you are going to be like, there's only one right answer here. Mm. If you're grounded and centered, you're going to know people with a personal Instagram build $100,000 businesses People with a business Instagram build $100,000 businesses. What kind of business do you want to build? What feels right for you? What level of privacy feels right for you? There isn't like Mm -hmm. one way that's the only way to safety, which is where our brain goes when we're in fight or flight. It's like we just need to find the tree and fucking climb it. (laughs) But when that's (laughs) applied to your business or whatever creative project you're working on or Mm -hmm. trying to find the love of your life or whatever that goal is for you. If you think there's only one right way, there's only one app that's going to work. There's only like that, that probably means your brain's in fight or flight and it's, it's not helpful in getting you towards Mm -hmm. that goal or that dream life you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's really really helpful understanding. Um, Yeah. And I love how you say that you still like, there's no shame. There's no shame in like what you feel and what you experience. Um, You know, there's no shame in it. And it's not about being perfect and, you know, oh, I never feel like I'm in flight or flight. Like, it's not about that, but I guess more like what makes sense to me is it's about developing the tools to you know, get out of it in a healthy way. So it's okay to, you know, feel whatever you're feeling or be in flight or fight. But I think it's just important to be able to have the tools 
and the resources to get out of it because I think it it can become a slippery slope if you don't know how to get out of it. And then you try and get out of it, but you try and get out of it in an unhealthy way and it doesn't doesn't work. Um, Yeah. yeah. And when like before I started on this journey, when I was in fight Mm -hmm. or flight, I was like, no, this is real. We're five minutes late. And Mm -hmm. if we are five minutes late, the world is going to end or I'm going to lose my job or whatever catastrophic thing. Mm-hmm. And then if I was with people who are grounded and just chill and they're like, we're five minutes late, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get, maybe someone will give a side eye, but like, that's probably the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. I would be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you not yeah. freaking out? And I was just like, not a very nice person to be around. Cause I'd be like, no, mm-hmm. we need to drive faster. We need to like, mm-hmm. we need to get there. We need to, yeah. um, and so, you know, and I, that's when, when I'm in flight or flight, that's the time when I'm the person cutting people off. I am like yeah. doing all these behaviors that I'm yeah. not wanting to do. But mm-hmm. when I was in it, I just, I, I couldn't see yet. I couldn't see that being five minutes late isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario is I get fired. Mm-hmm. Even if I get fired, I can look for another job. It's not the end yeah. of the road. It's not yeah. that the only way to survive and live is to climb the tree. Like it's different. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just like thinking of how this applies to my life. And it's really, it's really beautiful. I love um, how you are able, it sounds like you've really been able to see that there's more opportunities um, so the things that used to be really stressed about, um, you felt like there was only one way, there was only one answer, there was only like one path. And if that path got blocked or shut down, right. then you would freak out because End of like the world. unable. Yeah. But you're able to see now that there's so many different paths and avenues to get to wherever you want to be, or, you know, it's not the end of the world if one thing doesn't work out or if one thing isn't perfect. Um, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Um, and I want to ask you about my one question that I had is if you could go back in time and teach your younger self one thing, what would it be? Hmm. So yeah. If you're like your 21 year old self or 20 year old self and you're about to burn out or yeah, if you could go be there for her and tell her something to help her, what would that be? Yeah. So just starting with the disclaimer, my 20 year old self would probably tell me to F off. So <laughs> you might not listen, but I'll answer anyways. Yep. What I would try to say to get through to her. Um, yeah, I think I would say like, I was really in this place where I was, um, getting into activism and realizing my privilege. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think hurt me was that I was like, I am so privileged that I don't deserve any help that I just need to help people who are less privileged and who didn't grow up in like, you know, I grew up in a middle class white home. And so at that time I was like, I don't deserve any, any help. I just need to help Mm -hmm. other people. It was Mm -hmm. very like binary Mm -hmm. way of looking at the world and Mm -hmm. you know I would probably say you're gonna help even more people you're gonna make the world an even better place if you take care of yourself I love that but um yeah my heart feels so warm hearing that that's really beautiful and um yeah I wish more people really understood that because it's just yeah it was just, yeah, that makes me so emotional hearing that. Can you repeat that, what you said the last time? I love it. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to help so many more people. You're going to make the world an even better place if you take care of yourself. Yeah, I love that. 
And what you said about um, feeling like you didn't deserve help, I was like, whoa. I've never talked to anyone about that, but I felt that way too. And I really struggled with getting help in validating my pain and my struggles because I was like, I'm privileged. It's other right. people have it worth. Right. And so the longest time I was like, I don't know, it was hard to validate that my struggles were real, which is very interesting. So I definitely relate in that way. And um, yeah, I think your journey is so beautiful and it's so wonderful to hear um, your perspective on it and um, how you're helping people because it's just like, it's so, so, so needed. More people deserve to feel like at peace and feel joyful and for so long I like all I wanted was that was just to feel like just like ease like things Mm -hmm. to be a little bit more relaxed because I did experience a lot of anxiety and flight or fight was just like a constant right and it's just people who are struggling with that I have such a big heart for because it's hard because it feels so real it's like right it's the end of the world yeah and yeah, like if you've, for anyone who's experienced like panic attack, or I don't know if you've experienced a panic attack, like it's just, that's, it's so real and so scary. Um, and so it's really amazing, like what you're doing to help people, because it really just like the simple feeling of joy and living with that sense of relaxation and ease is just something that a lot of people don't have. And they deserve to experience that. It just makes life so much more enjoyable. And like we've talked about, you're able to give so much more um, in the way that feels good for you. And you're able to receive. And it's just a beautiful, much more beautiful experience. What do you think is the biggest challenge in the mental health field right now? And what would you like to see change, if anything? Um, I guess maybe it's still, there is still a stigma about getting help. I mean, it's definitely changing and it's definitely Mm -hmm. easier here in Canada and in North America Mm -hmm. than it is in some other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. But I think it still is looked down upon or people Mm -hmm. feel like they do have to reach a breaking point before they get help or before Mm -hmm. it's worth the money. And so, Mm -hmm. um, like, I love that you're in the coaching world. I love that, like, Mm -hmm. coaching is kind of taking on a bigger presence Mm -hmm. and mental health is getting more normalized Yeah, because really you don't have to be at a crisis. You know, it's like, I wish I got help before I was in crisis. Yeah would yeah. have been way better and yeah these different tools can help you not only get to like baseline but they can yeah. also help you like completely go for your dreams completely mm-hmm. create a life that you're so excited about and mm-hmm. that you really want and so you know I want to say you don't have to be in the worst case scenario in order to reach Mm -hmm. out and in order to get help. And like this kind of ties into what I was saying before. One of the, um, you know, one of the thoughts that people have that I think is an unhealthy thought is like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, other people have it harder than me. So I shouldn't complain or I shouldn't get help. And my kind of counter thought to that is like, do you literally have to be the person on the planet that has it the worst? Like, do you need Mm -hmm. to be that 7 billionth person before you're going to allow yourself to get help? It's like, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. always going to be people who have it harder. Hopefully you're not in the worst case scenario. And there's always going to be people who have it easier Mm -hmm. and you get to set your healthy boundaries, you get to get help so that Mm -hmm. you can make the world better. The world, you know, another quote that I love 
which is Howard and Howard Thurman quote, that first quote, it's unknown. So I don't, I wish I knew oh, who yeah. it was. If anyone knows who that quote was, please tell me because I use it all the time, but it's unknown. Yeah. Um, but the Howard Thurman quote that I love is don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you feel alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Oh my gosh. All your quotes are so amazing. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to go back and write these down. They're so like, just like so powerful. They really make you think. Um, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's so true. It really makes you think like, yeah, it really makes you think that, you know, you think you're doing people a service by not putting yourself first by being like, oh, my problems aren't that bad. And that feels like noble to like allow others Mm -hmm. to get help. Like that feels noble. But at the end of the day, what's really noble is putting yourself first, which is a really strange concept, but it makes so much sense. It's like, it's the most noble thing and almost selfless thing that you can do is putting yourself first because you're contributing more to others. And if that's what you're so worried about, I know that's my big thing is like, I always wanted to help others. And it hit me so hard when I realized like, if I don't take care of myself, I can't help anyone. (laughs) I can't like, yeah. And so it's really easy to like, look at people and think they're being selfish by being, you know, successful or by receiving so much. But it's like, like that quote says, like, the world needs more people who are alive. And um, yeah, yeah. and it's like, if you're more successful financially you have more money to give to like causes that you care about like if you are just have more energy you have more Mm -hmm. energy to give to the people that you love to your community Mm -hmm. to your family to your friends like the more you have if you believe you have a good heart Mm -hmm. like the more you're gonna use your energy in a good way you're going to use your money in a good way I was I was listening to a podcast yesterday where they were talking about money in particular yeah and one of the people in the podcast was saying like some people reject money because they're like well capitalism is bad Mm -hmm. and a lot of corporations are corrupt so I don't Mm want to be I don't even want to play the game but she was comparing it to like someone not wanting to get into politics because they're like saying like all politics politicians are corrupt so I'm not even I don't Mm -hmm. even want to go in that game and it's like no no we Mm -hmm. need the uncorrupt people in politics we need you to go into politics we need you to make a lot of money if you're not if you're not a corrupt business if you're not going to use it in a bad way we need you to like take that on and give it to yourself we need someone to balance those who are corrupt and so Mm -hmm. it's like by earning a lot of money you don't have to become Mm -hmm. you don't have to join them you don't have to start pouring oil into the ocean just because you're doing well financially (laughs) you can donate it to causes that are important to you you can take good care of yourself and your family you can buy more organic and eco-friendly products because you have because it's you're not in a scarcity place so you Mm -hmm. can use it in a good way so to take care of yourself on every level is Mm -hmm. good for the world yeah I I love when you're saying like we need you like I was like oh I love that feels so good to hear that. And I was just thinking in my mind, I was like, little Ashley loves hearing that because I think um, like my inner child's like, oh, it feels so good to hear like that, those words, like we need you. And I don't know why I just went like, everything you said was so wonderful. But when you're saying we need you, I was like, I feel like so many people need to hear that, that right? they're needed in this world. Yeah, um, we need more women to make a shit ton of money. Yeah, we need yeah. more of we live in a system where money is like a measure of power. Mm-hmm. And we need it more in the hands of women. We need it more mm-hmm. in the hands of people of color. We need it mm-hmm. more in the hands of other marginalized groups. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. 
Um, everything I've loved listening to everything you've had to say, like my heart just feels so full and I love being in your energy. I was actually feeling a bit like stressed um, today and like after talking to you, my energy just feels so much more calm. And so I want to say thank you for, you know, taking the time to come on to the podcast and sharing your story and sharing like your beautiful knowledge and words. Like it's just been such a pleasure. And um yeah, I feel like you covered so many wonderful things <laughs> that are going to help so many people. Um, the techniques you talked about, everything, it just, yeah, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for this. So thank mm-hmm. you. Um, where where can people find you? I know you have an Instagram account. Do you have any other platforms? Um, yeah, please yeah. share where people can find you. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm at Bryn underscore Bamber. And I actually love hearing from listeners. If you have any questions or if you had any ha ha ahas or ahas, I don't know if that's funny, but send me a DM. I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. about like how it impacted you or what questions you have. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a podcast. It's called the Burnout to Brilliance podcast, where if you want more of this kind of information, you can check it out there. Um, And I have an anxiety mini training. So if anyone is feeling like you are struggling with anxiety with fight or flight, it's literally it's a 10 minute video. It's meant to be watched right when you're freaking out, (laughs) right when you're like having a panic attack or just high anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's something that doesn't necessarily make your anxiety go away 100%, but it usually will at least cut it in half so that you have Mm -hmm. like a little bit of space from it. You can make decisions you need to make about, you know, whatever. Usually when we're anxious, there is some real world thing we have to make a decision about. So this is Mm -hmm. just taking 10 minutes out and getting more grounded so that you can Mm -hmm. re-enter your life and make those decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can find that at tinyurl.com slash anxiety training. Amazing. So I'll I'll have to put the links. You'll send me the links and we'll put them down below. But um, that's amazing. And again, I just think it's so amazing what you're doing. And um, like you're literally providing resources and help for people who are experiencing mental health. And I think one of the biggest things is people get intimidated or scared about getting support. But I feel like what you're doing is just such a comfortable and um, yeah, just a comfortable and easier way to get support, like literally getting a 10 minute training on, you know, anxiety. Like I wish I had that. Um, well, you when should, I was really struggling. You, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You should grab it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Amazing. So yeah. Thanks again for coming on here. This has been amazing and I loved getting to know you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, then I would love it if you shared it with someone that you know who would appreciate it. And if you want to dive deeper into improving your mental health, then definitely go check the links down below for free resources such as a 10-minute anxiety training by Bryn and a free one-month workout program from me. Sending you lots of love. Remember to be there for yourself. Continue to be there for yourself because you need yourself more than you think. I will see you in next week's episode.